Support for the Couples Council comes from Mercier Wellness and Consulting. Their purpose is to equip you with the right skills for a happy and healthy relationship. Services available in office or virtual. Schedule your consultations now. For more information, visit mercierwellness.com. Mercier Wellness and Consulting. Small steps, big changes. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. Please consult a licensed professional for your mental health needs. Now Now on on with with the the show. show. Hello and welcome to the Couples Council. I'm Dr. Jameson Mercier, the love mender. Sitting alongside me is my lovely wife, Herdine Mercier. The wife mentor. That she is. And today, on this episode, we have, again, call me a broken record if you want, but this <laughs> one is really good. This I one, know. This <laughs> one, uh, these guys, this couple right here is a couple that... Um, in many ways, reminds me of her dean and I. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I almost felt a, a bit of a bromance <laughs> brewing um, between me and him, but like us and them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about none other than Glenn and Yvette Henry. Yeah. Now, you may know them as Glenn and Yvette, but most of you will probably know them from their YouTube uh, their YouTube uh, channel that's really booming now, uh, mm-hmm. Belief in Fatherhood. Mm-hmm. These guys are doing some great things around fatherhood, uh, marriage. The, the realness about marriage. Parenting. Yes, everything. You know, and what I loved about interviewing this couple is they reminded us as a, they remind us as a society that black healthy families are out there yes 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 particularly black fathers as primary caregivers so he took me way back way back you to know your stay at home days. to my stay at home days so uh we're not even gonna jibber jabber too much guys we're just gonna let you get into it um get comfortable uh pull your partner pull your wife pull your husband close and and share with a friend because this one has a lot of great wisdom. Yeah. With the anticipation of the arrival of their second child and his lack of joy in being an employee, Glenn and Yvette Henry decided that Glenn would quit his job and become a stay-at-home dad. The main reason for this is that it would offset the cost of childcare. Over the course of his first year home with their two sons, Glenn documented his days with the boys. In October of 2015, he launched his widely successful YouTube channel, Belief in Fatherhood, in which he tells honest stories about the ins and outs of being a dad. The channel's mission is to equip fathers, give hope to mothers, and inspire children. Since launching Belief in Fatherhood, the Henrys have added another chocolate baby to the family and Yvette has left the classroom to become the stay-at-home parent while Glenn continues growing the platform he created. The couple now operates as a team from their home as they work to build their brand. They have recently launched a podcast called How Married Are You? There you will find them having raw conversations about anything having to do with being married and parenting. Ladies and gentlemen, the Henrys. Welcome, guys. Welcome 
to the Couples Council. We are so honored today to have Glenn and Yvette on the show. I'm just super excited that we're going to be able to have a candid conversation about love, black love, marriage, everything that we um, hope that people will do to invest in their marriage through having a dialogue. And that's what we're doing today. Yeah. Now, you guys are, are especially special to my heart <laughs> and hopefully to the listeners too, because having been a former stay at home dad myself. Mm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. So, so, so that, that, so when, when I, when I came across that, I said, all right, no, these people are my people. They, they <laughs> there's something special there. And, yes. um, so we'll get into some of that and, yeah. and, and, uh, have that be part of the conversation. You know what? We should open up with that because that is the journey of how we came about this whole, what I call your empire that you're growing. The journey of this all started because you tell us, how did this start? Yeah. So I guess it started because we were trying to figure out how we were going to care for our second child uh, our second child who uh, we didn't really have enough money, you know, to, to basically for childcare. And so my wife came up with the idea that we should, you know, I should be a stay at home dad basically. And I was very against it. And then after a while I was like, okay, let's do it. Um, and I started making videos Well, I was having a really hard time. I had both kids by myself and I don't, you know, being a stay at home dad, you can't just meet up and have like uh, other stay-at-home dads hang out with you at the park. It's just, <laughs> it's other women, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. really awkward and uncomfortable. Um, and so when you do have yourself in that situation, uh, you just kind of like, you're lonely. And I was just so lonely. And my wife really didn't understand what I was going through. And I was kind of just sitting there and I would make these videos on Instagram to show my true life and how it is to be a stay-at-home dad. And people really uh, were into it more so than the music I was doing at the time. And then um, I realized uh, that people really were into it. And so I started to do it a little bit more. Someone came up with a bright idea for me to have, me to have a YouTube channel. Um, and I really wasn't into it until my wife asked me, you know, the famous question that really changed my life, which is, where do you see yourself? Like, what's your five-year goal? You know, and um, I didn't really have a goal. I didn't really have a plan or direction but when she asked me that question it really made me kind of kick things into gear and I started to ask myself what I see myself not only in five years but 15 years and I realized that I wasn't doing music in 15 years I was actually encouraging people who weren't parents yet uh, and telling people how great it is to be a father mm -hmm. the reason why I was doing that is because uh, I needed proof at some point uh, you know that fatherhood was a great thing and I, I realized as soon as I got the proof, then I wanted to be a dad. So I wanted to be proof for other people. Okay. Now, now let's, let's just back up for a little bit because that was a whole lot. Um, yeah, sorry. You, that, no, that's fine. You said, good. you said initially you were against the idea of being a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. Why was that? You know, I didn't really see, um, I didn't really see it as something that, I didn't know any other stay-at-home dads, you know, and, and the other stay-at-home dads I've heard about were kind of these guys who lacked vision 
they almost like really weren't aspiring to do much. And I know that I had a, a calling on my life to speak or say something and get something done. But uh, yeah, so um, a lot of the men who were stay at home <laughs> dads that I knew, they weren't really like, I just was, I, I didn't want to be like, oh, basically, you know, and uh, it was hard to tell other people like, hey, yeah, man, what do you do? Well, I stay at home. It's kind of embarrassing, you know? And so I didn't want to do it. That was the main reason. And so you guys had that conversation together or were you just kind of like against it? And those were your secret reasons? Did Yvette, did you ever hear those reasons or? What? I think those thoughts were in the back of my head too. Like, what does your husband do? Oh, you know, he takes care of the kids <laughs> or like he's a stay at home dad. It's an awkward thing to say because some people don't necessarily get it. But at the time, he was also still making money from music and other stuff. Yeah. So um, it wasn't like he was just home, not making money. But now I'm like, man, this responsibility of being a stay at home parent is like it's 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 greater than any responsibility I've had working as an employee. You know what I mean? Like it's uh -huh. a lot of work. Yeah, until and, you do it, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. And he should have been getting a whole lot more credit from me and from other people. Um, but yeah, I think we just kind of went for it, yeah. not really knowing what it would be like, but just knowing that it was something that we wanted to try out for a season. Yeah. Mm. And it wow. stopped right at the end of the season. It was done. So how long was that season? Raya uh, Bo. Yeah. Raya Bo. Like three years, two years. Oh gosh. What's it that long? Because Ryabo was born. Almost two, almost three years. It was almost three years. Yeah. And so you carry the load outside of the home for those three years, I'm assuming. And so mm -hmm. how was it when you're like, oh my God, it's gone on for three years. Did you feel any resentment? Did you go, oh my God, why did I come up with this, this idea of him becoming a stay-at-home dad? What was that process for you as a wife? Okay, um... I don't know. Okay, so a lot of my friends are stay-at-home moms. And I was literally like one of two working moms in our friend group. Mm -hmm. um, so there was a lot of times when I'd be like, man, I wish I could go like on play dates with them and do stuff with them and have that time with them and like allow the kids to be in fellowship with their kids as well on a regular basis. Um, but I don't know, like, there were times when I wish, oh, there was a lot of times when I wish I was home. You were resentful. <laughs> I was, I think I was resentful. I grew to be resentful. But at the same time, he was doing a really good job. Like mm -hmm. he was doing a phenomenal job with the boys. And, and yeah. That, it, and yet that didn't, it was, huh? And yet that doesn't prevent us from being resentful though. Yeah, it doesn't. Because it was strange. Like I felt like the boys respected him his authority a lot more than they respected mine and they still do to mm. this day um so that's something that we have to work through but yeah i think like in hindsight hindsight's 2020 i feel like glenn being home with our boys was the best thing for our family you know what yeah. i mean like i don't know i just felt like it was a great opportunity for their father to sow into them in their boyhood you know i can i can relate to you as a wife yvette because while jameson was going through his phd 
um, program. Um, I literally was the financial provider because he was in this PhD program for eight years. And for most of it, I was the main provider and I would get up and go to work. And this idea of feeling some type of resentment to the man that you really love, you make love to, um, he helped you create these kids. It became a point in my life where I was like, well, I was supposed to be a stay at home mom. When we were dating, this was not a part of the vision. Mm -hmm. And so, and seeing him take our daughter to class and he was doing a really good job, but I can relate to that. For me, it was, it was, I felt like my time with the kids, I can never get back those formidable, you know, do you ever feel like you could just never get that time back? Don't break up no past hurts. Now. We, still gotta go the week. we gotta make it through the week. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I don't feel that way. Um, I don't. I don't miss. I don't think I missed out on. In fact, I think working, being a working mom, made me more intentional with my time. Mm. Where I would get off work, come straight home, grab the kids, and take them to the beach to watch the sunset. Or, or I would be like, okay, let's just go to the park. Let's get outside. Or, you know what I mean? I feel like I was actually a little bit more intentional with the time I did have with them then versus now I'm kind of like, I'm with y'all all day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just, I feel like it was a little bit different. Um, I do feel like though, there was, there was moment where you were like, yo, I am missing out. Yeah. I am missing this or this or this. <clears throat> or whatever and I would be and I would be speaking to you in a certain language that you didn't understand you know what I mean like yo I need you to not take any more responsibility at work but you were so you loved your job so much and so ambitious towards school and teaching that you like really were starting to like really dig into that Mm -hmm. and it was hurting you and me Mm -hmm. and I was just unheard Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's one of the things that I feel like I can relate to with so many mothers who stay at home because like men are so driven to like I need to accomplish my dream, my goal or whatever that it's like, yo, you have a whole person right here who's taking care of your whole family and keeping things afloat and she needs time off, you know, and you're not you're not hearing her. And so it was interesting being in a season of being like, I know I'm talking. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm saying something, but you're not listening. It, 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 it definitely was um, a difficult time. Yeah, it was, he would say to me, I feel like you're getting, we're getting your leftovers. Mm-hmm. And when he started to say that, it started to like, and as drained as I was feeling, I knew they were getting my leftovers because I was putting so much into work and not enough into home but it was easier to put stuff into work because it's easier to measure like success and whatever at work versus at home. It's like, I don't know if I'm doing a good job or not. You'll (laughs) find out to 30 30 years later. I don't know. Therapy with (laughs) y'all. But yeah, I don't know. It was, I definitely did grow resentful. And I even think there was a, there was also an element of pride where, I was like, man, I could do a so like a much better job than you as a stay-at-home parent. Ooh. Like I would have those thoughts. I don't I think I may have said it out loud <laughs> uh, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But it was it was pretty bad. 
No, I no, no, we understand because even we, I mean, we went to similar, similar things. I think where you and I differ, Glenn, is that I I journal a lot. And yeah. what I what I did was my uh my research for my my PhD became my experience. Yeah. So I started to look into men who were stay-at-home dads and specifically black men who were stay-at-home dads and what yeah. that was like. So in a sense, I was just really um kind of like Yvette digging deep in that because I just needed some answers and her dean she couldn't give me those answers. She couldn't give me what I needed because she was going through her own stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what, what did it do? I guess if we can speak specifically, if anything, to the marriage in this season, not so much with the parenting aspect, but the marriage. What did it do to it? Yes. Glenn was miserable. Um, it, put, it put a real strain on our marriage. Um, it just, you know, I realized that I felt like a, I felt like the submissive helpmate side of the relationship. I felt like, you know, if not, not to be all gender roly, but very wife-like, you know, um, and I was in a lot of like resent, I was in resentment. I was bitter. I was hurt. Um, and, and, and like, she would say like, I, I, you know, I I think I could do a better job and I just wouldn't care. Like I, I just, I, I, it just was hard. It was so hard, but what birthed out of it was like, you know, pain produces passion and creativity. Mm -hmm. And that's where like belief and fatherhood start to like really get its roots in that season of being like, I'm not going to be sitting here wiping baby butts for the rest of my life like this because it really you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel you just see like potty training and when you have small kids you're just potty training after potty training and so you're like yo I'm always always smelling poop like all the time like that's all I smell and snot and like sleep it's just it's rough and so it put a real strain on our marriage it made but it wasn't like I hated her I just was like oh, this is going to suck and it's going to be like this forever because we're not getting a divorce. So I'm just going to, this is going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think I was living in, I don't know. I feel like I was just blind to a lot of it because we, we've always operated well as a team. Like we're good partners. So things just always get done. We're good at the whole shoulder to shoulder, but the face to face part was just kind of like, we weren't doing well. And I, it was easier for me to ignore it than it was for me to address it or it was easier for me to throw myself into work than it was for me to like pay attention to what's happening at home. Um, you know, but with that being said, she never said, well, you go get a job. She never like put it on me that made me feel like I was less of a person because I wasn't working mm-hmm. a lot. Like mind you, I was bringing home money, you know, mm-hmm. $2,000, $800, $5,000 here and there, leaving, going on tour, coming back, you know, like, she never made me feel like less of a man mm-hmm. in that way, but I still felt l- less respect because of her actions, you know? Mm. Um, now what that did on the flip side was now that she's a stay at home mom, 
and I'm here, like I work from home. Technically I'm a stay at home dad, but I'm not the main care provider. Um, I, I, I hear her and I, I see her when, when she's hurting, when she's annoyed, I see it. I can see it before, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I'm just yeah. very like, I'm, I understand and I'm waiting for it. Yeah, I feel like we had, like he experienced that season so that while I'm in this season, I can be well cared for. Because she wouldn't even know how to communicate. Nice, nice. Like he, yeah. Because I was communicating like (laughs) analogies on top of analogies Mm -hmm. and like trying to get her to get it, but she just was not hearing. Like it was like impossible for her to get it. Yeah, no, you were further down the road. Yeah. Right. But you know, but the beauty of it for me and kind of listening to your story is the connection you all have because of your experience, Glenn, is, yeah. is, is what's going to keep the romance alive in your love story. Because mm-hmm. you're getting what she's about to go through. You see it before she sees it. And you're mm-hmm. able to rescue her and hear her out as a husband. And I love it. Yeah. Now, assuming... Yvette is uh, accepting of that, you know, and okay, good. (laughs) Because, you know, communicate those kinds of things, communicating about those things. It's not always easy. You know, if, you know, when I'd be home with the girls and I had daughters, um, Mm. when I was home with them and her Dean would come home and she said, Oh, we're going to do this. And that I say, well, listen, babe, no, we have a routine. This Mm. is what we did. And this is what comes next. And then it's like, what you mean? I'm mm-hmm. like, well, no, listen, it took me all day. <laughs> We've been working on this all week and now I got it. Don't come and mess shit up. <laughs> you know? And, and so seeing that, you know, it, it, even when we know what the other person is telling us is good for us, mm-hmm. we don't always readily accept it. Mm-hmm. You know? And parenting has a great way of just highlighting those things. Yeah, it's very true. We had a lot of moments like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it just feels like you're, and you know, the thing is, is like, I, I've come to the, I've come to the conclusion that like either we're going to be on the same team or we're just not going to go further because I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight you. Like, I don't, I'm not going to be here arguing with you and trying to look at man. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're just going to lose. Let's lose together. <laughs> yeah. I'll quit. You know, but I'm not going to be here like trying to fight for something I think we both want and you're fighting against me. It's just not going to happen. Let me tell you something, man. It's all, like we must have been reading the same book because I tell her <laughs> Dean all the time. I said, whether it's kids or money or whatever, like sweeping. Listen, we're, it's either going to be clean or it's going to be messy, but we are not. I repeat, we will not fight about it because mm-hmm. it's just in my mind. It's just it's ridiculous. It's unnecessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so um, you, the the belief about fatherhood, though, you started to talk about that. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about that. Like, what, what you said? That's what it birthed out of your situation and 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 being a dad, being with home with the boys, and you're motivating dads. But just, I guess, give me more about that. Tell me about it. It's so deep. Uh, because it, it has so much, it's, it's layers. So the reason why I started, like I had already had a, uh, the reason why I wanted to give people information about parenting, right? 
you know, my dad wasn't in my home. He lived in California. I'm from Baltimore. I had to fly back and forth during the summers, you know what I mean, to visit him. Mm. Um, him not being in a home, I learned about all types of things from the street. You know what I mean? Um, I know that wasn't the right way. Um, and so I knew that being proof for other people was important. Uh, the first thing I wanted to do was like equip fathers. I really wanted to speak to other fathers, right? I wanted other fathers to know how important it is to be present and to try and to stay around. But then I realized as I started making the video, so many other people attached to it, you know, like mothers or women, you know what I mean? Like potential mothers were like receiving all this hope of like, oh, it could be like this, or it may not have to be as I had it before, you know? So like people were seeing like this, I don't have to be what I had. It can be different for me. Or there are no good black men out there. That's mm -hmm. not true. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and then kids started watching and like the kids are just watching and they're young. They're not even, you know, they're like 10, 11, 12, 9. Wow. You know I mean? They're in this age where they're just like, Yo, I can't wait to be a dad so I can put diapers on my head and play fight with my kids in the living room. Like they're looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. So it's all these different purposes. But then you, if you bring it into the, you know, the black aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be, I didn't want to be like, oh, the black dad. I wanted to be encouraging all fathers. But the black community was like, nope, we need you. Bro. We need you're you. You're right here. You're you ours. Know? Yeah. And, yeah, you're ours. So I said, okay, I can get with that. You know what I mean? Um, and so that, now my focus is toward being black. You know what I mean? I, I put that more in my content because I know my audience wants to hear more about my black experience. Um, and even opposing side, white people want a window into black culture. They want to know what mm -hmm. we do. They want to know what we're like. And so this gives them a window in. Now, it's very sacrificial. It's very um, uh, risky, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to put our families on blast and expose our family to people like this. Uh, so um, there's a lot of like roots and deep and like depth to this um, like even like if you go from the spiritual aspect you know saying which we all believe as christians and mm -hmm. so we come from a place of like you know the, the, fa the father is one of the worst relationships everyone has everyone like most people have issues with their dad mm -hmm. their mom they're cool you know what i mean mom mm -hmm. like went hard for me da, da, da. dads are like yo he's a scumbag he did mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. he didn't take me to disney world and we could afford it he was always working like it's always something you know what i mean right right and so I'm, I'm interested in the concept between the father right in the home and the father in heaven you know what i'm saying and so like what's the relationship between the father in heaven and us and how, because i see a lot of parallels between the scriptures and the bible to how i treat my kids and how they come to me and even when they mess up in grace and mercy and all this stuff, and I'm realizing all this going on and I'm like, dang, man, there's so many different parallels here. So I don't journal, but I, I you know, voice memo and make videos, of course. Mm -hmm. So I plan on writing more content that have to do with uh, these different parallels. It's so deep. It's so much that like people attach to with belief in fatherhood. It's just hard to explain. No. I, and, and, you know, just a little that you say, I totally get it because I almost, in some ways, didn't even have to go to church when I was raising my kids and they were small mm. because you don't really understand a lot of scripture until you're in a position where you have people that essentially you created mm -hmm. and are totally dependent on you. Yeah. You know? Um, 
it, it, it makes complete sense to me. Now, if you fast forward, right, when you talk about people having issues with their fathers, this is the same reason why people have issues with their heavenly father as well. When you start mm-hmm. talking about trust, mm-hmm. cause you can't trust him if you don't trust your own earthly father. Yeah. You know, but that sounds like another show for another day, you know? Yeah, for sure. But it is definite. I definitely get what you're saying. Um, belief in fatherhood. Now this is YouTube videos. This is Instagram. The YouTube. Is, yeah. Give us, Facebook. give us all of that. Yeah, YouTube. Uh, I have a website, beliefinfatherhood.com. YouTube videos is that's the main thing I focus on. I love YouTube. I have a great relationship with the people at YouTube. It's just a great platform. They love they love the people on the platform. They love their creators. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram. Uh, we're pretty consistent on there. Um, we have you know that from from belief in fatherhood. You know the Facebook, the YouTube, all that stuff. We launch How Married Are You podcast on Anchor. And that has us on Instagram. We have the chocolate babies on Instagram, which is kind of like just a space for like our kids to have their own photo album of stuff that they used to do. You know what I mean? When they grow up, they can log in. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and then there's Frank Puppet, which is the children's aspect of it, uh, which we plan on, you know, we're trying to raise money right now for, uh, you know, launching the channel. So, Tell us more about that fundraising that you're doing. Yeah, so we have a Kickstarter right now going on for Frank Puppet. Frank is a puppet that I, he started as a Snapchat filter, and I got filling up with the Snapchat filter and went to, went away. And then I asked my wife if I could spend $2,000 when we didn't have the money to make a puppet, you know? And she was like, sure, like I saw what you did with this, you know, like I trust you. And so I spent $2,000 and I'm still like trying to get the money back. <laughs> like make the money off of it. Um, not, not not that it's like I owe us, but it's like I want to make sure that the two thousand dollars I investment turns into fifty to you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we what we're trying to do is raise money to build a set, uh, to hire animators and people to help me shoot this content. Um, basically, Frank is an old ice cream dude. He's an ice cream man, and he shows up on the block and teaches kids. Has these like funny interactions and sing songs and raps and stuff like that, and teaches them about you know spelling, numbers, uh, geography, science, all that stuff. Uh, and then he kind of just drives off. It's it's really nice. Cute. Yeah, I love it. Nice. I know there's nothing like a supportive wife, and I commend you, Eva. I know it's not easy. Um, there's some days you are probably pulling your hair, but in the <laughs> long run, <laughs> I know it's going to be a benefit to your family and your mm-hmm. family history and the legacy that you all are leaving. Um, you will leave for your family for generations mm-hmm. to come. And so I honor you as a wife. I just, you're doing Thank an amazing you. job. Thank you. You're Cheers. doing an amazing job. And I know we spent some time talking about the whole um, the dad and how this all became about, but I do want to do a little replay. How did you all meet? Where did this start? Where did your love story begin? Um, I was in college and I went to a college that had like 2% black people. So I was a part of the black student union on the campus and we threw spoken word events. I think the first event we actually threw was stomp the Greek, which was like a step show type event. Um, Mm -hmm. And the president at the time, was she the president? I don't know. Someone at the time, we hired Glenn to be the DJ for the event. So we met um, when I was in school. 
would DJ different events that the BSU put on. And eventually, like, we weren't really dating then or anything, but um, eventually I graduated from school and my godbrother needed a DJ. And so for I, wedding. for his wedding. Um, and so I knew Glenn lived in Oceanside, which is where I was at the time. And I reached out to him and said, hey, are you available to DJ my godbrother's wedding? And then we met up through that, and the rest is history. Yeah, but I was trying to get at her, like, the first time we met, though. <laughs> oh. She didn't know. Oh, so the second time we met up. Like, yeah. the second time we met, I was DJing for one of these events. And she was looking, like, amazing that night. And I was like, hey, like, you know, the game back then was – Yo, so you on MySpace? Or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, nah, I'm not on MySpace. I'm on Facebook. And this is when you had to like be a college, be a college student. student to be on Facebook. A lot of people yeah. don't know that. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't finish college. You know what I'm saying? I never like registered, so I like had to go back and use like the college that I got, like I dropped out of, you know, okay. to get registered on Facebook, and found her connected to her. Was trying to talk to her, but she wasn't fooling me. And so I wasn't, she was oblivious. I wasn't, yeah, I just didn't know. When we eventually started dating, we were able to look back at and read them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I missed every single. <laughs> yeah, I was really trying, but she was not. Fit. At that time, I was focused on school. No mm-hmm. time for boys. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I just... Yeah. Yeah. She was really focused. She had never had a boyfriend yeah. before me. You know, um, I was the first dude she brought home, yeah. technically. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, like, it was weird. Like, I, I would see her dad around. I didn't know her dad was her dad, but he worked with my dad. And so, wow. like, I was working at the men's warehouse, and, like, he'd come in to get fitted for a suit, and I'd, like, fit him, you know? And, like, that was it. It was, like, weird, like, little passages. Connections, yeah, connections. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I and guess. And then, so, after we were hanging out with um, my godbrother, and they chose him as a DJ, he would like send me text messages and be like, Hey, you want to come hang out with me and my friends? And he kept inviting me to hang out with him and his friends, but I didn't know him very well. So I didn't want to go hang out with him and his friends. But I was like, yo, I don't want to hang around, hang out with her alone because I don't want to like hang out with her alone. Like I was trying to like really be on some pureness type stuff. And I was like, what you, you know, I want to see what you're like in a group of people and see how you mess with my community. And I wanted to see if I even liked him. Yeah. <laughs> so we went on a date so yeah so i was we went to starbucks okay nice. um i was super broke at the time like i'm talking i was like uh doing uh what is it called um americorps which is like a I was tutoring kids and i was making 500 dollars a month and so we went to starbucks and i had five dollars on a gift card mm. and she i was like what do you want and she said something that was under $5. So I was like, cool. You know what I'm saying? So I paid the gift card and I got a cup of water and we sat and talked and then we went to the pier and we just took a long walk on the pier in Oceanside. And then, um, yeah, after that, it was just kind of like, we just kept hanging around each other. And it was very like, it wasn't like I'm head over heels attracted to you and love with you. It was very logical. Like you seem like you would be an awesome spouse and probably a great mom. You know what I mean? Like it was like, it made sense. Very, it made sense. And that was it. Right? Let me tell you something. There's nothing like no broke love. I'm sorry. In the, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm a student. Because till this day, we've been on 
all types of restaurant. My favorite date with Jay is still our peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's when I knew I was like, he would be an amazing husband. It's the way he made the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And he put it in the foil paper and the conversation that came out of it. Like I still remember us on USF campus. Like that's where it all started. I mean, cause there was no fluff. Yeah. It was like, this is what I am. And, and this is it. <laughs> Is take it or leave it. <laughs> did he like? Did he spit the game? Like, yeah. So I'm the peanut butter, you the jelly. You something beautiful. We can feed the world, you and I. You know what I'm saying? Man, let me tell you. I I don't even remember. All I know is I was like trying not to do like a, a ugly, a, a messy sandwich. <laughs> okay, so you want to make sure you colored inside the lines. Oh yeah. man, so I was in the perfect. Jelly to peanut butter ratio and everything. <laughs> Did you cut the crust off? Did you cut the crust off? No, 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 no. I don't waste no bread. Trust me, we was, broke. we was broke, man. We don't waste no bread. Amen, amen. I respect you. Every calorie count. Yes. And so this journey of now that I'm going to go into what I call some rapid questions, and we can discuss if need be. Is one thing that you did when dating that you felt is beneficial to your marriage till this day and why i mean trying to be as abs abs abstinence not mm. not crossing that line um i think it was beneficial because it was a very sober relationship um and she you know she was a virgin mm -hmm. i was hella sexually active okay. in the past. But you, you was not. I was not. Basically. <laughs> so, so, what I feel like, I know that when you do involve that in, in the relationship, it can taint everything, you know? And it can make you, like, addicted to someone. And mm -hmm. so, there was no addiction. There was, like, I want to be with you. If you don't want to be with me, that's cool. Like, I would always tell her, like, hey, if this doesn't work out, like, I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. Are you, you going to be okay? Because God got something better for me and you on the other side, if that's not the case. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Who's, it was, whose idea was it? It was a decision it, I made from a long yeah, from childhood. But it was something that I, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to kiss you. Oh, I don't yeah. want to do anything close to mm -hmm. it. But she was so curious. She was like, yo, like, I want to see what our chemistry is like. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, who talks like that? You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Someone who watches a lot of romance. <laughs> yeah. And soap operas to get you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good, good. And so that's that played that paid off for you guys. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Nice. Good. I think it helped them build that team that they were talking about early mm -hmm. on and understanding we're a team and this is what it is and and having that foundation was beneficial in the long run. Our next question is, what one word to describe your love story? I would say progressive in the sense that it's, it keeps getting better. Yeah. I think we're, I'm always discovering more about her. I'm always learning more and I'm always loving more that I learned. We are more together than we've ever been. I would say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's dynamic? No, I would say it's growing. It's blossoming. Okay. Like it's, 
not, that's probably not the right word. <laughs> I don't know. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know if that's the right word, but. Flourish. Flourish? Growth? No. We, we don't know the vocabulary. We ain't got the vocabulary. <laughs> That but it's one of them right. three all to combine. That's all right. That's the definition. I just don't know the word. That's all right. As long as you two understand each other. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then our final one is one advice you wish a married couple would have told you. I feel like we were told some good stuff. Yeah, but I don't think we understood what we were told. Mm. You know, like, I don't know if we really got it. I think the biggest thing for a man to know. Ooh, I know. Go ahead. The mm. biggest thing for a man to understand and know is how important it is to spend time with your wife before you have kids. That's what I was going to say. It's, to date your wife. Yo, mm. like spend the money, go out of the country, go out of town, do something together because you will never, ever, ever get that time back. Like ever. And they didn't, no one ever put that. That was something that, I feel like could have been said more. I mean, I said it, but he didn't. But she, it. you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I wasn't no, listening I, to her in that way. I was like, yo, we we have loans. We have this. We have." I'm thinking about, like, I was just thinking on something different. And I should have yeah. just spent time with her. because, Like, it's a worthy investment to spend money on doing things together that are fun. And you don't even necessarily have to always spend money. But just, you know, make sure you're really getting in that quality time. No, but traveling and doing adventurous yeah. things. Yeah. Because now when we travel, it's kind of like our hearts are still here. Yeah. Because we have to think about the kids. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's, listen, I hear you, man. It's different. It's different. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different when, yeah, when you, it's just the two of y'all and y'all, maybe y'all both work, maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. but y'all can buy a couple tickets or a couple bus tickets <laughs> and, yeah. eat some, and eat some McDonald's for a weekend. That's cool. That's an experience, but you can't do that with kids. Yeah. Even when we took a trip to Jamaica or Mexico, wherever we go, we're always thinking, oh, the kids would have loved this. Yeah. You know, and so you're uh, constantly thinking. Not, not me so much, <laughs> no. Yeah, I am, as a mother, I am. Yeah. I mean, and we get there, and it's like, even when we have the kids, it's kind of like, why do we have so many children? <laughs> why do we have so many of them? Like, even when we walk across the street, and you look back, and you're trying to, you know, your kids are like, that's a lot of y'all. You are many. You know what I mean? And it's so, like, it's just hard to, like, wrangle them all together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just different. I really wish I would have spent more time having been going on adventures and exploring hiking and just being different you know going camping and oh it's just so much we could have done that now it's like not that we can't do it but it's like we have to do it with different budgets you know mm-hmm. and different um, considerations different considerations mm-hmm. we have to bring grandma along we got to bring bottles <laughs> of water for people to pee inside of the car you know what i mean like <laughs> Empty bottles. We have our five empty bottles. Yeah. Man. <laughs> man, well, we took a road if you trip. Have boys. Yes. Yeah, no, for sure. We took a road trip, a three week road trip. Uh, wow. This was a year, two years ago almost mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And that, you know, we, the kids, we were 15 and at sometimes we were 18. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we camped and we went to yeah. New Orleans and we, 
Oh, when you get when they met. Oh, okay. No, 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 not no. when they met. This is with kids, with kids. You guys were 15 and 18 with kids? No, no. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm so confused. No, so a couple years past, ago. In the passage of van, grandma came along. My sister came along with her we were kids. 15 people. So, so 15 oh. to 18 people. And so in the different stops, people were flying in and flying out. Oh, okay. So it was always between 15 or 18 people on this 21-day road trip. Wow. Right. And so with the kids, it's we different. We just had three little babies, just like you all. Three. Yeah. It's different, like you say, but I think it took me a while to get there, like to let go of what we didn't get to do when it was just Herdine and I, you know, because somebody wanted to be a mama like on day one. Six months into our marriage. And so (laughs) once I let go of that, okay, it ain't going to be us. Now I can kind of appreciate a little bit more because watching the kids in those experiences, you know, camping and watching them uh, like different museums or seeing like uh, mountains or like just different scenery because we live in South Florida. Just watching how the scenery changes, that is precious. Yeah. Yeah. But we still... Yeah, and I just, I just feel like, you know, like being married, it's different when it's just her and I and we're looking into each other's eyes talking. Mm-hmm. And then when you add a baby, one person, you have one child in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just a totally different conversation. Mm-hmm. We can't look at each other. We kind of got to do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Three of them is kind of like we all can't get to know each other intimately. I have mm-hmm. a better time. I get to know Theo better when I'm with Theo, you know? And so, mm-hmm. like, you just have more better time one-on-one on one now. When we get back from vacation, I'm like, man, that was such a good time. I want to go again. When I'm there, I'm kind of like, oh, my gosh. Why are you jumping on the bed uh-huh. at 6 a.m. in the morning? Your sister's <laughs> sleeping. Like, I don't understand you. Mm-hmm. But it's just different. And so I don't, I don't wish that we had less kids. I wish I would have cherished the time that I had with her alone more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, now the trick is to find alone time now, mm-hmm. you know? And it always feels sneaky. <laughs> but you, you know what? That's fun, though. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. That's I got true. no problem kicking them out the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Know? leaving them with a bag of chips and then going out. <laughs> but you know what? They don't mind because Jay and I have this um, where they know they pick a day. They have one of us to themselves for the whole day. They plan the day. So if they know that that season will come around where they have that parent to themselves. And my mm-hmm. son will probably pick Dave and Buster's. My daughter, she loves sushi. She'll probably, let's go do a sushi. Let's see a movie. Like they plan their day for that day for them just to feel like they're the only child. And that's- How old are they? They're, um, Azriel is 10. Tamar is- Eight. Eight. And Jason is five. Six. It's six, I'm sorry. And then we're also raising um, my brother. So he just turned 18 and he still picks his day where he has us all to himself. And I will always recommend that to parents. You allow them to plan it and you, you're the driver. They tell you what music they want in the car, just so that they can feel that alone time with you and value you that one-on-one. They'll never forget it. That's really good. Mm -hmm. And we know they won't ever forget it because I hear older people talking about their best moments with their mom. And the mom is 60-something, 
Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, when she would take me along, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. Thank you. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's beautiful in all seasons, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, one last question I do want to ask, fill in the blank, fill in the blank. We have a fill in the blank. Marriage is. Hard work. Um, marriage is worth it. Mm. Okay. Hard work and worth it. And Put those two together. Yeah, and we're going to have to <laughs> there, you know? You know, thank you so much for joining us on the Couples Council, Glenn and Yvette, Henry. Yes, I just love time. you guys. This is really, really good. Um, we'll be adding all the social media links in our notes. Yeah, so. they'll be there. And uh, they'll be, we're also going to link up and stay connected with what you guys are doing Mm -hmm. you and i listen you and i are going to talk some more because i have some projects that i'm working on yeah uh, you and i are like unicorns (laughs) and so you know when two unicorn one unicorn is special but when two unicorns are get together you know peanut butter jelly sandwich oh man it's heaven so that's what i want (laughs) crust and everything yeah yeah we had a great time. Thank you guys Thank so much for you. having us on. No problem. No, we appreciate it, man. Just- so, Glenn, while you were a stay-at-home dad and Yvette, you were working, what was it like? Were you hearing anything from other people? Were they kind of like saying things? Or did you guys kind of keep it just between y'all? Tell us a little bit about that. Everyone knew. Um, I, You know what's interesting is a lot of women ask me this question often who I actually get to physically talk to and be in community with. And I, I don't, I never, no one personally came to me and said, this is ridiculous. Like your husband should be working and you should be the one at home or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like your role should be reversed. No one said that to me, like our friends and family. I think that they understood that we wouldn't make this decision if it wasn't the best decision for our family. Mm -hmm. And they also saw what an excellent job that Glenn was doing. Um, the YouTube community, the people who watch the videos and some of the people who would like to comment on the videos, they, for the most part, I feel like the feedback was positive, but you definitely have the trolls on the internet who Mm -hmm. like to sit behind their computer screen and make jabs at people. Um, it got to a point, like, even now Glenn's like, Yvette, you should go read the comments and respond to the comments. But early on, I was reading the comments and it was like, you know, you'd be like, oh my gosh, they're so sweet for saying that. And then you'd be like, oh my gosh, like who says that about someone? And so um, I just got to a point where I stopped reading the comments, but I feel like I should probably, you know, I don't know. It just, I feel like my mom had an issue. uh, mm -hmm. My mom had an issue, um, you know, and I, I don't really think it's like a bad thing. She was concerned about what, how we were going to survive, but her concerns like my vision you know what i mean um and her her concerns are based out of fear and so she's trying to solve the problem best way she knows how is and that's for me to be a plumber you know what i mean or get a you know some type of you know job like that right mm-hmm. and and not to say there's anything wrong with that but i'm a creative person and i couldn't do that mm-hmm. um uh, the the most amount of i think pushback we got was when i I started the YouTube channel mm-hmm. and I was getting pushed back from everybody. Like mm. no one understood. 
like everyone was kind of like why would you do that mm -hmm. you know it was like very it was supposed to be discouraging but i was like so like you know frolicking and mm. you know like kind of spelunking through this like dark place like trying to like i know i can get out of here successfully and my thing was like, i want to be paid to be a dad mm -hmm. like that's a hack like that is like finding a back door in the video game and ending up beating the game before anyone else finishes it's like mm -hmm. i just knew that i could do it and it took a while for yvette to get on board it took a while for everybody to be on board and now people are like oh wow how did you do that and it's easy they're like, like oh. eventually i was able to quit my job because of what he did with youtube you yeah. know what i mean like mm. and now we're making more money than we were know. with <laughs> we were with you working yeah emmy emmy doing music yeah, and I don't think music would have ever replaced mm -mm. her her income, and so and not and we're making money, but getting out of debt. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, like, I don't want you to think you're balling over here. Tonight. Oh, we're not balling, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, we're you know, like I never thought that our life lives would look like they look right now. I never imagined that Glenn starting a YouTube channel would create circumstances where I could leave my job and come home you know what i mean like i literally bring in zero dollars and we are still able to live you know i don't yeah. know i just no. feel like and pay off debt so. yeah but like i think i think and that's the thing that people are always going to have something to say mm -hmm. and i think now I'm, I'm starting to like and i would say i'm not saying feel myself but i'm saying like i'm starting to feel like if they're not if they're not disagreeing with me i'm not doing something right like right. I need to be, I need everyone to be like, what are you thinking about? Like, mm -hmm. that's why, it's, that's why I was like, yo, the puppet. Yeah, the puppet. I'm going to be a, I'm the dude in the puppet. Like mm -hmm. I'm a puppeteer. Like that is crazy. Like I'm from Baltimore, Maryland and we don't do stuff like that. No. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I'm a puppeteer. And so the weirder it gets, the better it gets. I think more people should also be trying to fight against whatever it is, whatever the norm is. Mm -hmm. And even in your marriage, like try to be different. You know, mm. it, it's it's okay. Like my our biggest goal this upcoming year, if we don't, you know, get a new place because this place is too small for us, uh, is to buy an RV and, and hit the road. Mm. Can you can you say that again, please? Oh Jesus! Yeah. Yeah, like I want to. Are really unicorns. Oh my God, so much in common. Well, listen, I'm not a traveler like that, but I understand the importance of leaving and giving my family experience. She mm -hmm. wants to travel, she wants to go places, and I want to go places comfortably. Mm -hmm. So that's why we need an RV. Let me, man, listen, I'm already scoping out my truck. Okay. Make sure you get the right size, the right yeah. tow package. Oh, yep. Lord. Listen, you're getting that man. camper. There you go, man. You got to make sure the weight, the ratio is right. Yeah. So I, I get it, man. And then and, and those experiences, again, right, those stay with you a lifetime, you know, and those who don't understand that, screw it. Yeah, they don't, they don't have to understand, but they will get it later. But and my, my thing is, I just don't want people to get it too late because that's what happens, you know, is that they feel like they have to follow what everyone else is doing and then later on they get to you know think about the future think about their legacy but i'm like yo if i start thinking about my legacy right now i could be setting up my children's children like i'm like you know 
in 20 years, we're going to have to take care of our parents. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can I set up life so I can still be taking care of my kids if necessary? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. her, her, her grandfather bought her a car, you know, when she graduated from college or high school. Well, he made me a deal. He made you a deal, but he bought you a car. Yeah, I kept the Miami a deal. Right. And so I would like to do stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I think that is okay, like, for us to want to do. And I'm watching my some of my white friends and their parents are giving them $50,000 down on their first house mm-hmm. after being married. I'm like, what the heck is that? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> so I want to be, be that person in my family. Mm-hmm. Yep. Man, like I said, you know what? You and I need to rent a, a, a cabin <laughs> somewhere. Tell us some ideas. Yeah, let's go vibe because... You know, and, and that's that's what a, a father is. That's what a husband is, right? Those ideas yeah. are are the kind of ideas that that you know in in our community. Let's just say it, right? We need some of those. When yes. I was a stay-at-home dad, I was looking for support, and I came across this group of stay-at-home fathers. It's the National At-Home Dad Convention. Yep. Right now. I was like, I can't find nothing else. So I'm going to join these guys. And when I showed up to that convention, it was in DC. I was, I think. The only black dude there. Only black dude there. You know how I know that? I spoke at the conference yet last year, Portland. See, I didn't get to Portland. I was supposed to go to Portland, but. It would have been me and you, see? You left me hanging. <laughs> oh, man. Why didn't you come to Florida? Why didn't Listen, you- I didn't know about them until then, but they invited me to portland and they they brought me there to talk about how to talk about race with your kids a hundred white men and me and and one one other black guy yeah so y'all would have met in portland listen yeah and this year he was a part of the committee planning it for orlando oh okay awesome yeah yeah so yeah so we've been and i'm telling you our community we need that we gotta to develop that further and that's just some of the stuff working working in my head man guys a great team thank you (laughs) listen man you guys have been fun this is really 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 fun i like this i like the conversation i really do awesome we do too. Yeah. We appreciate you guys. Appreciate the work you're doing. Appreciate the model you guys are setting. And uh, Thank you. we'll be praying for y'all, man. Keeping y'all lifted up. And Thank you. Love you. Forever a part of the Couples Council's family. Welcome. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was the Henrys. Uh, almost a carbon copy of her dean and myself yeah one of the things that i took from um yvette was the resentment that she felt yeah i remember experiencing that and thinking i should be at home with the kids at Mm. the time that you were home and that brought us up stuff in our marriage but we were able to work through it yeah yep yep because at the time the benefit was for you to be at home well yeah like they said it just didn't make any sense both of us going to work and child care and again like i said carbon copy mm-hmm. of of uh our experience of our experience they also talked about the strain on the marriage anytime you add a child a baby just if you add just one baby mm-hmm. there's going to be a strain on the marriage mm-hmm. um when you change things around completely go down to one income after adding a baby and then becoming a non-conventional family, mm-hmm. that is going to have some strain. That is going to put some pressure on on the relationship. 
that's okay, guys. That is okay. Mm -hmm. You know, no one says it has to happen a certain way. And I'm glad to see that they were able to sort out those differences and communicate about it. And, you know, the other thing that I took away from it, just like from your experience, you created the Dadfident brand. Mm. Okay, his experience, he created now this whole platform that is not only going to take care of his family, but his vision is so big that it's going to take care of the generations to come. Come on now. Yeah, that's the whole idea. Come on now. You know, leave something for the grandkids, grandkids. Yeah, All this right? was really good. Yeah. So, guys, that was Glenn and Yvette Henry of Belief and Fatherhood. Be sure, be sure to connect with them on their uh, social media channel. If you've not already subscribed to that YouTube channel, go ahead and do that. Right? We won't even be mad at you if you stop listening here <laughs> and went over to their YouTube channel. Okay? But you can do both. Please do. <laughs> now, we want to continue hearing from you guys. Um, the downloads are, are, are ramping up. Um, believe it or not, we're being heard now in the Middle East. Yeah, baby. We're now being heard in the Middle East. Thank you guys for sharing. Thank you guys for letting your friends know, taking us with you. Please, please continue to do that. Connect with us. If you have any questions or any contributions you'd like to make to the podcast, feel free to email us. Info at Mercy Wellness. Social media is always good. At the wife mentor or Dr. Jameson Mercier. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And like we always like to remind you guys, everything is there at mercierwellness.com. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening. And as always, we look forward to having you back for the next episode of the Couples Council. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to our mom and dad. If you like them as much as we do, then click subscribe and leave a comment. But now they have to go because it's family time. So go practice what you heard and we'll catch you on the next episode.